It's the Geeky Waffle Podcast. This week, we're talking about a topic near and dear to all our hearts, himbos. I'm Candace, and with me are my co-hosts, Bree. Hello. And Arzu. Hello. Okay, are you guys ready? There's a checklist for himbos. Excellent. Is he beefy? Is he nice? And is he dumb as a box of rocks? Love yes. it. Do you want to know where this all came from? Go for it. Yeah, I'd love to. So the term himbo was done by journalist Rita Kimpley through Washington Post. It was published June 17th, 1988. And she starts her article with, Their chest measurements rival Dolly Parton's. Their brains would embarrass a squid. Sorry, that's just the funniest part. Um, they ballyhoo maiden-form undies, do nude scenes, and are widely popular with both girls and boys. They come in two varieties, greased and armed to the teeth, or moosed and undressed to die for. They're bombshells with a Y chromosome. Bimbo be gone. Hollywood has blessed us with the himbo. And we actually started talking about this well, we decided to do this topic because on our other podcast, Straight Out of Home Video, shameless plug right here, we covered Kronk's new groove. And Kronk, oh, lovable Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. He's the assistant of Yzma, and he's a beefy sweetheart dum-dum. I love Kronk I know, so he's much. Played by Patrick Warburton, and, and I'm like, he's the best. He's got him down. He, like, hums his own theme music. He... He's a troop leader, too. He speaks squirrel, but, like, he's beautiful and hilarious, and I love him so much. I mean, yeah. Kronk really, he's clueless in the best sort of way. He makes a mean puff pastry. Spinach. Spinach puff, yeah. Spinach puff. And But, like, he also is very caring, you know? At the end of the day, he's going to choose what's right over what's wrong. And that's yeah. important. Exactly. I think what we also like our first introduction to the himbo is Brendan Fraser and George of the Jungle. Okay. So listen, I could go <laughs> on and on and on about, um, about George of the Jungle because he is just, okay. So he fits all the things, kind, beefy, and stupid. And he is such a sweetheart. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, so I saw somebody make the case that I know we talk a lot about femme gaze and what that means. And I'm not saying George of the Jungle is a femme gaze movie, but for the time, it's it's the best at capturing what a lady would like to see in a himbo of a man more effectively than I think anything else ever could. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. No, like somebody like Captain America, very relevant because we do all the Marvel stuff on the Geeky Waffle right now. Um, somebody like Captain America is, you know, extremely good looking, but this there's a lot to the character that is a male power fantasy, essentially. But the thing about George of the Jungle is there are so many aspects of him that are like, like a quote unquote typical like female fantasy, or I guess somebody who is romantically interested in men fantasy because he is you know he is physically fit but he is non-threatening he is 
a sweetheart and he is kind and he is very in touch with his own emotions and very considerate of his love interest. And and there, it's extremely not real. And removed from the context of a comedy for children, is he's extremely like the romantic hero. He's even the romantic hero in this movie, but like obviously played a bit for laughs and like maybe the the dumb dumbness of it all is a little bit played up because that's the whole that's the whole joke is like the fish out of water thing. Yeah, yeah they're all but, they're but, all comedy. They're yeah, he's for comedy. We don't, we don't like, get like dramas with him. No, you would never get a drama with no, him. But like, but, but yeah, that's the that's the feature of George of the Jungle is is he's like he's so so sweet. And well, just I just adore yeah. him like more as an adult I think than I ever did as a as a child. So during the nineties, it the himbo is actually more referred to as a lovable klutz, which is like the key factor for George of the Jungle because he's always running into things. You know, watch out for that tree, mm, smash. You know, ah. <laughs> um, I remember that, and I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> um, but also another big part of the himbo description by Rita is, you know, yes, he's hot. Yes, he's kind of a buffoon, clueless, that sort of stuff. But beyond everything is his lack of toxicity. And I think that is such a major importance because in George of the Jungle, you have George and then you have um Lyle. Yes. And just to see the differences, you see so much male toxicity in that asshole i'm gonna say it i'm just gonna say it he's a dick um and (laughs) where as george he doesn't come with that he doesn't have this idea of he needs to be um you know a jerk to people to get his way he doesn't need to look down on others he doesn't need to condescend to the love of his life. You know what I mean? He respects her, which is. That's such a big thing. Yeah. Because like they make such a clear point that Lyle does not respect a word out of her mouth. Like she's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not interested in marrying you. He's like funny story. And then throws her in a raft and like, just kind of takes her off down river and tries to marry her against her will. Yeah. And George is just kind of like, my God, the man is respectful of boundaries. Like, this is a half-naked guy asking a lady to dance with him when it's just the two of them alone somewhere. And he, other than pulling her to her feet, doesn't touch her. He respects that space. People, are are we, like, like himbos just because of, like, male toxicity and we want to feel safe? <laughs> yes. That's, that's exactly what it is, is that there is... Because, you know, they're, you know, physically attractive. So there's that. Yeah. But then there's, you know, the stupid thing is kind of like, they're not, I don't know, maybe it's less the stupid thing, but it is the the kind thing is that, yeah, they're not the brightest, most intellectual of men. So they, they can't talk down to us, which is a big thing. They will be respectful of our intellect, which is a big thing. And they are good people. They always try to do the right thing. And... I think a himbo that has less of like the cluelessness is Brendan Fra- Brendan Fraser's character in the Mummy Rick O'Connell because he's intelligent, but he he lacks what the typical male 
leading action heroes were at the time. You know, he's mm-hmm. screaming at the mummy. He's not like this amazing martial artist who's always like, you know what I mean? He's not like beefing out, if that makes sense. Yeah. And his his sort of intellect thing, like it manifests in a different because he's a kind guy mm-hmm. and he's a beefy guy, but he is he's dry. He's not like sweet, perfect angel George of the jungle. He's like got a dry wit. And he's got a little more, like, sex Swagger, appeal to him. But yeah. granted, the movie does skew much older than George of the Jungle does. Yeah. So that's probably why. But he he does still very much fall into that himbo category. Yeah. He he respects the heck out of Evie. He respects her intelligence. Like, that's what he's drawn to her the most of that, I believe. And he's – it's funny. He's He doesn't take himself too seriously, which I think is the key for a himbo. You know, he doesn't put all this pressure on him to be something that he's not. He's just existing. I think another thing we should just point out before we continue is like, it's not that they're dumb. It's just like they have like maybe a blind spot about some things. Like they're intelligent in their own way. So I like to bring up Jason Mendoza from The Good Place because he – is smart about certain things like relationships, but he's again dumb as a pile of rocks and other things, right? Right. He's like he's he's emotionally in tune, emotionally intelligent. Will have these random insightful moments. So yeah, he, he'll surprise you when you least expect it. Definitely. And as a resident Floridian, we can all say, <laughs> well, Bri and I can say, yeah, there's a bunch of dum dums over here. But yeah. they're not sweet like him. Oh, no, dear. they're not sweet like him. They don't have that kindness to him. Because he really does care. Like He does. I, I think his care development, he he learns a lot, even though but he still retains that like sweet innocence, I think. Yeah. Would you all consider Thor from Marvel a uh, himbo? Uh, a little a, bit. A little. He has a fish out of water thing. He has a fish out of the water. Yeah. He has a golden retriever personality, which I think could be also considered slightly himboish, because like it's that lovable, like you know, like I want to do good in the, the best way. <laughs> I think the later we get into the MCU the more Thor becomes a himbo. And I think this is because they realized after the 2016 Ghostbuster, 2016, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After the 2016 Ghostbusters that Chris Hemsworth, not only can play a himbo, but has like stellar comedic timing. So funny. He was so good in that like, movie. So that that's another himbo right there is Kevin from Ghostbusters 2016. But I think after that, when they realize that not only is Hemsworth funny, but he can do the himbo thing really well. And that kind of does fit for Thor. Cause otherwise, what is he like a big brawny thunder God? Like they got to give him something. Mm-hmm. So I think th- as it got later, like he's more of a himbo now than I think he was in like Thor one. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It was Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. Jinx this time, Candace. Oh, Whoa. I'll take negative Coke from you. Still owe me a million Cokes. Just pretty slowly paying off their debt. I know, yes. right? 
Uh, yeah, Ragnarok. I, and that's when I really love Thor. And that's my favorite MCU movie besides Spider-Man. Yeah, I think it's also Ta- Taika Waititi's um, comedic. Yes. Yes. Oh, writing perfectly. And mm-hmm. again, again, he's like a fish out of water when he is at the, oh my God, where does he go? The Grandmaster's Planet. Thank you. I don't remember what it's called if it has a name. Jeff Goldblum. That's all I remember. Jeff Goldblum Land. (laughs) Which I want to go to Jeff Goldblum Land. Let's just be real. Oh. Oh, okay. Speaking of a 90s icon, another one other than George of the Jungle that really like spoke to me as a child is Hercules from the 1997 animated movie Hercules. 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 I had such a crush on him. He is a himbo. Well, it was hard to choose between him and Meg. Yeah, no, that's the thing where I'm like, but that's like the mummy too. Straight. I couldn't like <laughs> figure out: do I like Evie more? Do I like Rick O'Connell more? I can't decide. It's like the entire cast of the mummy. Oh, I know. Oh, but yeah, so many attractive Hercules people. Hercules is that lovable oaf who yes. wants to do who right. Again. Yeah, trying his hardest. Yeah. So we actually we asked people on our Twitter who they consider himbo. Yeah, a lot of people said Jason and Thor, and Kronk is the original, like, not the original, but, like... An iconic himbo. Iconic. But people started bringing up someone we talked about before, and that's Din from The Mandalorian. I mean, he is, though. Okay, yeah. so when it when it starts off, season one, what do we know about Din? We know that he's beefy, and that's enough. <laughs> and then he takes in this little baby... And he's taking care of him, and he's growing more and more attached to him. And we're like, oh, he's also kind. Then we get to season two, and we're like, oh, he's so dumb. <laughs> so it's the gradual evolution of the himbo. Yeah. Yeah. You're and right. it's not like, I don't know if he's like dumb or just uneducated. I'm sorry. I, who leaves? Who leaves their, their plane open? Spaceship. Spaceship. spaceship not their, a plane. Whatever. You know, you know what I mean? Their pod. Their space pod thing. Spaceship. <laughs> Brie, why are you making up words for something that is clearly a spaceship? <laughs> Their spaceship. Um, why does he leave his spaceship open just willy-nilly all the time? He does it all the time. He did that all with the like time. When Ahsoka's episode. Ahsoka, yes. Ahsoka's episode is where it got me the most. I think I messaged you, Candace, and I was like Anyone could go up on it. Why did he just leave it? And I literally texted you because he's a himbo. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the worst himbo offense though has to be in the next episode, in the Boba Fett episode, because he parks his ship at the bottom of the hill. Fine, you can't park at the top of the hill. Parks at the bottom of the hill, leaves the door open, flies Baby Yoda up to the top of the mountain, leaves him there. Proceeds to run up and down the mountain with or without his jetpack. Like, he's got the jetpack and he's running down. And then he takes it off, like, to talk to Boba Fett. Fair. But then he doesn't put it back on. He's just running up and down the hill with the door wide open. So Boba Fett just goes in and gets all his armor back. So it's like, Din, sweetie, you were not thinking through a single thing today. No. Also, he has the baby do electrical work. Yeah. Yeah. If, okay, but I loved that scene because as somebody who's been tutoring over Zoom in quarantine, getting a kid of any <laughs> age 
to put two and two together without you handing it to them is so difficult. It's like, oh, like page six. What? Page six. What? Like this is this is like my life every day of the week. So yeah. the fact that Grogu even managed to recognize the colors. You're happy. He's like, oh, like, I love that sound he made. Um, and then he electrocutes himself. Well, he's a baby. He's a 50-year-old baby. <laughs> Speaking of the fish out of water aspect of the himbo, and I know I'm going back to our favorite himbo, Brendan Fraser. Oh. Does anyone remember 1999's Blast from the Past? Yes. Yes. <laughs> He, it, it's a typical fish out of water because his love interest, Eve, played by Alicia Silverstone, like shows him around the world that he's been missing because his parents force them under in this underground bunker in fear of a nuclear war. And he like takes a journey outside. I love that movie as a kid. I, I need to rewatch it, it so much. Yeah. Is this just the Brendan Fraser podcast now? I mean, I think so. It needs to be a Brendan Fraser like resurgence because he's the best and Hollywood was worse to him. And we all need to recognize that. There's a person in my one of the animes that I watch who is definitely a himbo. What what's that sound? Mm. <laughs> what? I am sorry. I need to talk about Kirishima. Uh, from My Hero Academia, he is such a himbo. He's very beefy. His whole like phrase is about being manly, and he's so so sweet. And just like the most, he will do anything for anyone else, and he's just the kindest person. And he is a well deserved himbo. And show some respect to him, or not? No, well. You have no idea who you're talking about. But I we, know I'm the only we one. We feel who the passion, Bray. <laughs> Good, you better. Um, did you guys watch True Blood by any chance? I've seen the first two seasons. Jason Stackhouse is a himbo. I don't know who that is. Suki's is he brother? in the first two seasons? Yeah, he's Suki's brother. Look, I was real distracted. Okay, there's a lot going on. <laughs> I'm like, literally, who? <laughs> J- Jason Stackhouse, which is Suki's brother, Suki Stackhouse being the main character. That I remember, but you've got, you know, what what's his name? He, Jason. And then he was not he, a vampire. Yeah. He was not a vampire. He was. <laughs> okay, no, now I'm just blanking dumb. on everybody's name. But you've got the Stephen Moyer there, and you've got Alexander Skarsgård there, and I don't know how you expect me to focus on anything else. <laughs> I mean, granted, Alexander Skarsgård's Eric, I definitely was distracted by, but um, I loved, I loved uh, the character of Jason. I loved him. I'm so surprised you don't remember him. Brie, it was, it was so long ago. I think it was like 2013 that I saw them. So, jeez, that's like <laughs> eight years now. Oh my goodness. Um, Okay. Okay. I think I know the himbo that both of you will know and agree on. Okay. Joey Tribbiani. Aww. 
I don't know if I would count him because is he nice? No, I think he's nice. He has his moments. Joey doesn't share food. Yeah, he's, but that yeah, feeds but into his his stupidity. Yeah, it, that's his stupidity. Like he's not a mean spirited person. He's just think he of loves it this food. way, Candace. I'm reading into this in a way that the writers never once intended. But Joey grew up in a house with like seven siblings. If you start sharing food, you don't eat. So he's like probably just super protective of the food that's in front of him. Yeah, and he's sweet and and dim. He's also better for Rachel than Ross ever was. I'll die on this hill. I don't care if I'm on I mean, this hill. Anyone, alone. anyone is better than Ross. Yeah, didn't Ross hit on his cousin? And he didn't see a problem with it. All right. So Ross is uh, the worst, and Joey and Rachel forever. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's okay, kind-hearted. He, I mean, granted, he's a little more of a ladies' man than I feel like our typical himbos are, but he's not, like, crude. He, he's not a cruel person. He's, yeah. like, a bit of a player, a bit of, like, you know, un- unthinking when it comes to the ladies. But as the seasons progress, like, which uh, you don't really see – in sitcoms that much people usually just get more exaggerated but he actually becomes like a far better person over the course of the series mm-hmm. and yeah always their meanness is played up for like comedic effect I yeah like because like, without conflict like yeah sitcoms don't get driven forward because they're not plot they're character right right here's some cartoon ones johnny bravo is he kind no he wait he's not no he's selfish yeah why is that on there well, because there's that Venn diagram, right? Like the kind, beefy, stupid yeah, that's what one. I was he's, be- he's just beefy and stupid. No, he's just beefy and stupid. Yeah, he's not the epitome of a himbo. Oh, wait, would you consider Buzz Lightyear? No. I thought about it, but not the first movie. Okay. No, he's not a himbo. Will- but down the line, I would consider Buzz a himbo. Because he, he's built kind and can be dumb sometimes. And he's beefy. Oh, and beefy. Okay. Uh, again, I'm going back to DuckTales because apparently somebody named this, so I'm going to bring up DuckTales. Launchpad McQuack is considered a himbo. I haven't seen the new DuckTales, but I'm just gonna I'm okay. gonna agree with this on principle. Me too. He's a he's a dum dum. He crashes okay. into things all the time. Um, he's beefy, and he's like very sweet and caring. He takes care of the kids, you know, like he's best friends with every he's he's everyone's friend he says and he is apparently Love that's this. one i did not even think of that <laughs> i saw this on someone's but, like i could see it okay yeah i guess like, if you're going with that but like i don't know how to judge ducks attractiveness i i can't i mean it's a, it's a cartoon i know he has a lot of girlfriends boyfriends uh balls of gas he stated <laughs> balls of energy or something it's a weird show, y'all. I haven't seen it. I need you. I know. I'm going to keep bringing it up until you guys watch it because it's like now my comfort I will. Channel. I will. I promise. How about Kristoff from Frozen? I've heard that. Yes. Hang on. He Is, is he stupid, though? He's, he's straight. Not. He's weird. Though, like, he's yeah. weird, but he's not. he's not dumb. I think he's like maybe somewhat socially inept because he doesn't talk to people that often. I mean, but his he's best not. friend is Finn, who's a he was raised by trolls. Like it's not his fault. No, like, but he he's like he's not 
he's not like dumb in the way that like other himbos are. That's true. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I will argue Frozen 2. There is this huge crisis with like the spirits and everything. And he goes off to do some kind of reindeer proposal. And like Anna and Elsa are just like, peace out because we got to go save our town. But he doesn't know that's what's happening. They really? know something bad's happening. They had to evacuate the whole town. Yeah. They're on a mission. Focus, Kristoff. Okay, so he was he was himbo-fied. Yeah. I just thought of another one. Chris Pratt in Parks and Recreation. Andy. See, Andy just frustrates me so much. <laughs> but you're not wrong. I just want to like – it's almost like the stupid outweighs the other two. Well. Yeah, and he's not always beefy. True. And he's not always kind. But he's mostly kind. He's mostly kind. He's not always beefy. He's just very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what I love about himbos, and I think think what makes it a little, like, I know a lot of people are trying to take back the term bimbo, because supposedly, you know, a himbo is the male version of a bimbo. However, bimbo in a lot of media has been kind of linked with misogyny, you know, of how like men see women and it doesn't have the same effect as how we view himbos, which is, you know, we, I completely agree. we love himbos, you know? And what I love that himbo is trying to do is defy the gender norms. You know, not all men need to be one way. They can be sensitive. They can be kind. They can be laced. Um, you know, with their own frame, uh, fragility. Is that right? Yeah. Fragility, yeah. Fragility, yeah. Like, they're they're fighting that whole masculine trope that is just... I I feel like both... What bimbos and himbos have in common as concepts mm-hmm. is they're both... At, and, like, I know this is operating on more of a, a binary, but... Yeah. They are concepts that I think are both indicative of what the opposite gender fears. So they are both ways like himbos, himbos for women, bimbos for men, ways for people to feel safer. Men in the era of the bimbo, when that was everywhere are extremely threatened by the very capable, intelligent women that are now becoming more and more prominent in their everyday life, in the workforce, in society as a whole. That they're so terrified of this that the new object of desire becomes a woman whose sole thing is her looks and is too stupid to function because that's safer. And then, but then by contrast, like, like the him, what the himbo does for women is it, it takes the threat of the man who is going to condescend to you and who makes you feel stupid and who is like physically intimidating and he's mean and he's all of that, like in, in whatever combination and makes like sort of the ideal male package. So I don't think the result is the same, but I think the intent yeah. might be similar. Because I feel like the the modern bimbo who closely represents what himbos are now, you know, is um Yeah. Elle Woods from Legally Blonde. Because, but she's not stupid. No, that's what I'm saying. That's At really all. what a bimbo is supposed to be do though, is someone who is perceived to be stupid, who has like perky features, who's not necessarily constantly on you know what i mean i would say i would say that's karen from mean girls that's the bimbo 
Karen from Mean Girls, because Elle Woods, like, Elle Woods is the one who, like, her whole arc is that people underestimate her. Yeah, she's, you see she's smart from the start. Like, like they tell her she's not smart enough to get into law school. She got a near, near perfect no, score no, on I, her LSAT. I totally understand that. But, but that's the thing, like, the characteristics is what makes her a bimbo. You know, the, the classified as, you know, she's attractive. She has a ditzy attitude. The ditzy attitude is really what the bimbo is because that's also what the himbo is. You know, it's well, she's the attitude, but yet they're still smart in their own way. And I get she's more intelligent than a lot of people give her credit for. I mean, she's a Harvard. But it's not just that she's law. smart in her own way. She is. She is book smart. No, yeah, yeah. She's book smart. She, but like she's socially she's perce- adept. Yeah, she's perceived as a bimbo. Like if you see her on paper, she's well, perceived as paper, a bimbo. Though, yeah, because she's sheltered. She's naive to the world around her. You know, she starts coming in her own when she gets into Harvard and when she's, she's not, proving. It's not but that she's she sheltered. It's that she's privileged. Yeah. That's she's true. Like 4.0. But that's her. She has a 4.0 GPA. And like, yeah. okay, when I was a kid, I, I thought, you know, you know, the 175 LSAT score being the minimum requirement. She got 179. I'm like, way to go, L. You barely cleared the bar. I didn't realize a perfect score on LSAT is 180. She got an almost perfect score on this exam. So she's like extremely intelligent. She's just never, because of her privileged life, never had cause to apply it. Right. But I think that's really, I think her characteristics is more of what a bimbo should be than like just. Uh, well, I think what I think what has sorry, been made into the bimbo, if that makes what sense. What we're made to think in Legally Blonde is that Elle is a bimbo. And then gradually. And because that's what everybody at Harvard assumes too. And then gradually over the course of the movie, you realize that no, she is, she just happens to be blonde and well-dressed. She's not actually any of these things, but I don't think that they're saying that this is what a bimbo should be. But I also think that the, that like, but even I know what I said before, but I think the narrative is changing and that we don't really see bimbos anymore. And himbos are not necessarily played for laughs because I don't think the original intent of himbo was was for women to have a man they can feel safer about. I think it was women putting that read on it after the fact. Yeah, I think it was just supposed to be. It was supposed to be goofy, and then and then after the fact, we're like, like George of the Jungle. It none of it is supposed to be like. I don't think it's supposed to be intentional. That's why. But I think that's where I'm trying to make my point is that people are trying to take back the term bimbo, and instead of like, hey, you may perceive me as a typical bimbo, but I'm actually a lot more smarter than you give me credit for because I'm somewhat ditzy and clueless at times. I focus on my looks and everything. And I think they're trying Marie, to... Mm-hmm. You just said more smarter. Well, sometimes I'm not that smart. <laughs> but I don't think But I don't think that's the... Giving you... That's the same point though. Because like the, the point of Legally Blonde, you're right, is that people might think I'm a bimbo. But I don't think the reader's supposed to walk away with it is that a bimbo can be smart because by its very nature, a, a bimbo is is an unintelligent, attractive woman. And and the, the point of Legally Blonde, the whole thesis is that she isn't. But yeah, a lot of the stuff is like we're talking about is like bimbos are interesting for men because they're like easy while like women like himbos because they want to feel safe. And that's it, just so sad. Why? Well, no, feel that's like, like my takeaway of like how we perceive it now. But yeah, because of the way the industry works, both bimbos and himbos were largely conceived and written by men. So the bimbo thing is written as like a way for a 
like for men to feel safe around like realizing that women are actually far smarter than they realize they're like no what if this dumb woman was the epitome of of feminine desirability and then the himbo like you know the term like Bree said it, it was like coined by a lady it was coined later and i think this is like in our era we are applying this term retroactively i don't think george of the jungle was written to be a himbo i think he, he's like yes very clearly supposed to be the better romantic option but i don't think that like all of this intent went into it it's just what we're reading after the fact like especially with brendan fraser's other characters that we mentioned that definitely wasn't the intention even if it was with george of the jungle but we are reading this after the fact because retroactively we are realizing these are three characteristics when put together that make a man like to us less intimidating a safer option like because yeah like it's sad like you said candace that that's what became desirable like like he's not going to kill me yeah i didn't want to say that but, part but yeah that's what i was thinking yeah like <laughs> you can take that out if you want yeah we just don't want to get murdered y'all on that note <laughs> that's our thesis statement we like himbos because we don't want to get murdered i i also like himbos because you know equality <laughs> for the dum-dums no i'm just saying like you know they they seem to be a lot more like on the feminist movement side of things because they're nice to women pretty much they respect them. okay wow our himbo discussion went a lot longer <laughs> i was like oh this could be 20 15 minutes <laughs> No, we could talk about this all day. Bree, tell people where they can find us. You can find us online at thegeekywaffle.com, on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle, and on patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. Yes. Last thing before we go, if you like a himbo, make sure to join us for Bad Bitches on the Bad Batch because the Bad Batch has a resident himbo, also known as Wrecker who we absolutely adore. So so yeah, if you would like more of that, be sure to check us out Friday nights. On YouTube. On YouTube and Twitch. Yes. We're on Twitch now, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Bree and RC, for joining me. And oh, forgot our sign off. Okay. And stay geeky, everyone.